Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. They low down, they dirty, they some snitches. And this week's this week Tennessee is Kentucky's opponent in week nine of the college football season. And the KSR football podcast is here to get you ready for it. This week we are again without Nick Roush as he is spending more quality time with the new baby. So we hope Nick is enjoying a few more days off of baby Frank before he joins us Saturday to help cover that Tennessee game. I know he's very excited to do that. But for tonight, it's just me, Freddie Maggard, and Adam Luckett again here on the KSR Football Podcast. Excited for a very big matchup ahead. But first and foremost, Freddie, how was your weekend? I know you saw a musical, saw some good football Friday night. Uh, how was life without the Kentucky Wildcats for a weekend? It was good. I, I, I wish we'd have more of these open bye weeks. Maybe uh, two or three a year, but worked great for me. Uh, you, you saw like Tootsie, right? We, we just no, plans changed. I, I didn't oh, get to okay. go. Yeah, yeah, I was heartbroken, man. I want, I really wanted to see that. Uh, just uh, some things came up, plans changed, and didn't get, didn't get to see. But I did get to go to Raceland on Friday. Um, I think that's another unique Kentucky community football environment that that I got to see, and I really, really enjoyed uh, my time at Raceland. Uh, Luckett, what occupied your weekend away from the press box at Kroger Field where you normally spend every hour of your Saturday? A few cold beers. I got with some friends, family. Uh, went to Luke Combs' concert here at the Yum Center. Had a good time. Watched Big Bengals win on Sunday. So, pretty good weekend here at the Luckett House. Yeah, I got, I got a little tighten up myself on my Sunday. I uh, took in Frederick Douglass, Montgomery County, Friday night. I must say that was a bit of a lopsided affair over at the farm in my backyard. Uh, Freddie, since you mentioned going to Re- Raceland and I uh, went to Frederick Douglass, why don't you just go ahead and throw out some some big news we might have this week? Yeah, so the Kroger KSR Game of the Week. We're going back to Bull County. This time Frederick Douglass is traveling to Danville to take on Bull County. Uh, been looking forward to this one all year. Uh, I think uh, uh, Douglas is number two in the KSR poll. Bull County's seven, so it's a top ten matchup. Looking forward to it. There's a bunch of KSR people going down. Drew, you're uh, you're more than invited. Adam, you too, man. Uh, Stephen and I'll be there. I might, I might have to take that in. We don't have any of that other sport Friday night yet, I don't think. So I might have some freedom. I will check that out. We will also check out everyone's comments tonight over there on YouTube and Facebook. I believe we're live on both. So if you all want to fill in and be Nick Roush in the fourth chair tonight, send us lots of uh, questions, comments, insults, compliments, whatever you want to say. Uh, we'll, we'll get as many through as we can, especially the ones that make us laugh. And we want to shout out, before we go any farther, our friends at Justice Dental. As always, you can visit one of their two Lexington locations at Blazer Parkway or Wellington Way by scheduling a, an appointment online at justicedental.com or by calling 859-543-0700. 
You can even send a text message to one of their friendly team members at that same number and ask a question or make an appointment. It's always a great time to get your dental cleaning with Dr. Thompson or Dr. Justice and their team. They strive to provide you with good oral health care in a comfortable environment. That's Justice Dental, and they look forward to seeing you soon. And every time I'm there, they like to talk football. Uh, I watched the Tennessee game last year with Doc Thompson. Uh, he and I might have even shared some brown water before going in. That was a game I took off. Uh, not a great uh, outcome last year, but it was a high-scoring game. Any fond memories? It's something we can take from that going into this matchup this year, Luckett? Uh, Will Levis really spun the ball around well in that game. If you look at the matchup this week, uh, Tennessee's pass defense is struggling a little bit, so that should make you feel confident, I think, that they, the Kentucky throw game can have some success um, against this Tennessee. Defense is just going to be about protecting him. Um, Anthony Richardson threw for over 400 yards against this bunch a few weeks ago. And we know how up and down he is. So if Levis is on his game, I think he's got a chance to have a big day. Uh, the last time Kentucky went down to Knoxville was a nice outcome. I'm even selling and braiding it with my backdrop here. Uh, my good, close, personal friend, Boss Man Fat, with one of many interceptions there. Uh, Cedric Tillman, who we did not hear anything about today, one of the Vols' go-to receivers. Freddie, that was a fun Knoxville memory, but before we get into this matchup, do you have any fun either Knoxville memories or just Kentucky football memories in this rivalry, which has been pretty uh, one-sided? Uh, all negative, Drew, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I go through Knoxville to get to Gatlinburg, if you can you know, count that. Um, yeah, this rivalry, I, I was 0 for life, man. You go back to the high school all-star game, Lost to him in Knoxville. Then uh, the year I redshirted was the year Mark Higgs got stopped on the uh, goal line for four consecutive plays. And then uh, I guess two other negative memories that come to light. Uh, a pick six my sophomore year uh, to give up the lead, that hurt. I can still remember the, the sound of the football hitting the shoulder pads. So uh, that was not very fun. And my last – play as a college quarterback came against Tennessee and uh in a throw I tried to get vertical at him and uh the football on my shoulder who I I'd separated earlier against North Carolina both went the wrong direction and uh all all not good Drew I'm sorry man I just not a lot of fond memories with me personally in Tennessee yeah or, or this rivalry for any Kentucky right. fan yeah we, we had we had Steven Johnson with the the nice uh play through his 50th injury a few years ago one year I went to Knoxville. I want to say it was 2000. Uh, when did Derek Locke play? One of those years. He was in the game. Uh, and Kentucky went up big, and I was the only blue shirt in the crowd in that end zone, just screaming, play Rocky Top again, taunting them as much as possible. Kentucky comes down, and Derek Locke fumbled into the end zone when Kentucky was about to go up, I believe, 14. And Tennessee scored a million straight from there, and I, I had to get it from all angles in that crowd in the walk back to the hotel that night. So maybe uh, it'll end a little better with some celebration. Luckett, you are, you are heading down there this trip. Do you have any hope that maybe Kentucky will be on the winning end and you'll get to do some celebrating late Saturday night? <laughs> I, I do think they have a good, a solid chance in this game. It's just, can they survive the early storm um, to me? Like you talked about, like we talked about the Ole Miss game, it's like eating that tempo punch early. If they could survive that and just settle and play football, I do think they're going to have a pretty good chance in this game, but it's easier said than done when we see what Tennessee's done on offense, and we saw what happened last year. 
in this matchup. So for me, it's all about, like, towards the end of the first quarter, I, I kind of feel like I'm going to know where this game is kind of trending. Um, so for me, it's all about Kentucky surviving, getting staying, staying in the game early, and then just going and play football for those next 45 minutes. Tempo was a very popular word today yeah. with Mark Stoops. Obviously, anyone that's watched any of Tennessee sees a lot of tempo uh, try to get y'all balance and hit their home runs, which they seem to have hit many of this year. Uh, Freddie, what do you just see in that offense and what Kentucky will need to do to get out in front of that tempo and just keep those explosive plays from happening over the top of their head? I think Hendon Hooker is the whole deal changer in that Tennessee. I mean, he, he, is make, he made that team, is making that team, rather. And they'll just they'll spread the, the spread, uh, the receivers out past the numbers, look for a numbers game inside the tackle box. They get what they like, they'll run the football. 13 of 19 games Josh Hopple has coached at Tennessee, the Vols have rushed for over 200 yards. So call me crazy here, but I think it's a lot slowing down the Tennessee run game uh, could force some unbalance with, with, that, with that volunteer offense. For me, this game is about possessions. Steal a possession or two from Tennessee, whether you stop them on fourth and one, get a turnover or something, steal a possession there, and then extend possessions when Kentucky has the football. Convert third downs, convert fourth downs, keep that Tennessee offense off the field, do your thing, score points, and then try to steal another possession. And then the and then the red zone. Tennessee is almost money. One side of the 20, I think Kentucky, this cannot be a field goal game. Can't settle for three down there, got to punch it in for six. Yeah, the least effective they've been was week two against Pittsburgh. Scored 24 points in regulation, and they only had 60-something rushing yards. Like, they yeah. took away the run game. So, yeah. that is – what Freddie's talking about is, I mean, we all – like, you see this numbers and you're thinking, oh, this is pass-heavy. They're dropping back 50 times. Well, really, they they're, they want to run the ball first. Yeah. Um, and then set up play action and take their shots deep. So, that is the key. But he's right on hooker. Typically, in an offense like this, when you're taking a lot of vertical throws, you're not going to get – usually your quarterbacks are like high 50 completion percentage and hookers up over 70%. And I mean, it's not – he has layups, but a lot of these throws aren't layups that he's hitting consistently. And that, that really makes – that's what makes them super dangerous. Uh, earlier today, I think you wrote Timely Stops Will Be Critical. Was that the name of the, of the article? Yes, that was – Everyone what's check Fred that out on KSR yeah. today. But if you can give us the audio version here on the podcast. Yeah, that's what, about what you kind of what Freddie's alluding to. Like, they're going to move the ball. Kentucky's got a – just like in every game, there's going to be 10 to 12 plays, and they're probably going to happen on third and fourth down. Can Kentucky convert, and can Kentucky get off the field? Um, specifically defense, they're going to have to win there on the money downs um, because Tennessee's going to mar – um, they're just going to march it up and down. Um, this is – you could make the argument it's the number one offense in college football right now. They're scoring over 50 points per game, so it's going to be key – situations you're going to have to get a stop and then if you can get a turnover like Freddie's saying that can to steal a possession that, that can be huge in this game Kentucky's only won the turnover margin once this season that was a huge talking point going into the year it still had the defense is forcing turnovers but it, the offense is given up a lot again um, so they've got to find a way to win the turnover margin to me it's hard to see them winning without winning the turnover margin pretty oh. I've got random noises coming from my computer. Freddie Hendon Hooker is obviously a Heisman candidate and, yeah. you know, lighting it up. They're getting 50 points a game. Does it matter at all that Kentucky has already played him? I know there's a different school, different system. 
he's a different quarterback, but is there anything in seeing a guy again, or is this just a completely new Hinton Hooker and that belt bowl two years ago doesn't matter at all? <laughs> yeah, this is uh this is a third time at him. And uh yeah, he's just he's special. He he's a great leader. Um, you know, I don't want to get all cliches, but you know, he has all the intangibles, a great leader, communicator. He 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 figures out what the defenses are doing so quickly. So he, you know, he he can go through a play system or, or play scheme in his head. If he wants to get out of it, he can. He can. The coach has complete trust in him. Uh, he's just a, an excellent football player that that plays quarterback. He's the team's third leading rusher. His numbers look a lot like Levis's last year at this time, about three or four hundred yards rushing. So he can pull it down and run. I mean, it's just so many ways that that offense can hurt uh, an opponent with tempo. I mean, there, there's tempo, then there's Tennessee tempo, and and this is just different. And uh, again, it's about stealing a possession or two, in my opinion. But but to expect Kentucky, even I mean, you know, we, we've talked about this UT offense the most of the show now, right? The Kentucky defense—that's a top five defense in the SEC, top two actually right now in scoring and total defense uh, in the SEC. So the strength that Kentucky has is on defense, and there's a bunch of defensive backs. Last year, I thought Tennessee hurt Kentucky with those wide splits. Kentucky only had two corners, three if you count Mosley, and they just ran them to death. And now there's depth. There's a lot of dudes playing in the secondary, and I think that could uh, bode well for the Cats. So I feel like, obviously, Tennessee's amazing. They just beat Alabama, as I just mentioned, 50 points a game. But I feel like people are acting like they're the greatest thing that's ever happened to football here recently, and no one's given Kentucky a really a great chance at all. Uh, I Last year was last year, but they I think Smith has been a huge addition from the transfer portal to help out at corner. Carrington Valentine's a different player than he, what he was a year ago. The defense is much improved, even though they're still going to be down. Jacques Jones Stoop said today that'll be even longer. But like, why does it just feel like everyone's writing this off like K- Kentucky has no shot at all? I just think uh, people get well, – one, they beat Alabama, so – that is just, you know, that's whenever Isn't that, that rat ha- poison. Don't you always say rat poison? <laughs> that Georgia is Georgia coming up. Whenever that happens, that's that gets that gets people's attention rightfully. And, yeah. and it, you know, they, I mean, they they deserve all the praise they're getting right now. Offensively, they have just been a juggernaut here. Um, and I think it's just hard for people to it's hard for people to see that Alabama game and see how Tennessee scored 50 points and it's hard for people to Put through their, in my opinion, in my opinion here, it's hard for people to like tr- to comprehend that how Kentucky can stop them. Like, well, if they score fifty on Alabama, they're going to score seventy five on Kentucky, <laughs> you know. Uh, but Kentucky's going to play them different than than Alabama is, and this sport has ebbs and flows, right? You have peaks and valleys. Tennessee's played about as well as they can play against LSU in Alabama. They played great last week against UT Martin. They've got a big game against Alabama – or, excuse me, Georgia coming up. Eventually, they're not going to have one of their better performances. Like, you just can't – in this sport, we see it all the time. Um, they're not robots. Like, you're going to have good and bad. Um, so, maybe that this is one of those down moments, and if it is, can Kentucky strike? But even if it's not – like, Kentucky's a legitimate good team. I think it's been hard for a lot of people to grasp that. Because of just the offensive line issues, the all the fits and starts they've had, but defensively they've been as good as they've ever been under Mark Stoops to this point in the season, um, in my opinion. And then offensively, still they just got a lot of potential with 
what Will Levis can do, what the passing game can do, and then you get Chris Rodriguez back. We saw what Chris Rodriguez did to Mississippi State, and then that same Mississippi State defense turned around and totally shut down Alabama um, on the ground this week. So if you can get get some stuff going, and then pace of play is going to be huge in the game. Styles make fights. Kentucky can lure Tennessee into playing in the mud. They're going to in a limited possession game. They're going to have a great chance. But if it gets to where it's a track meet, if it gets to where it's like last year, and it's you know every, each team going to have to land haymakers, that's not what Kentucky's going to want to do. They're going to have to land some. They're going to have to hit some big plays, but. Um, but it's, it's not just one way. I think Kentucky has a chance to win this game in kind of some multiple ways, but um, the praise for Tennessee is earned. Uh, but it's not like – this is not – they're not going in facing 2019 LSU on the road. Um, I don't think it's that big of a task, but it is a tall task. And Tennessee's deserving the – they're getting the credit they deserve. From what I've seen watching Tennessee, it's mostly just been for uh, gambling purposes. I'm not watching a lot of the Vols. But everything they do has been in the first quarter. Going into the Alabama game, it was like 54-10 to 10 in first quarters for Tennessee. Alabama kept up with them. But, I mean, Tennessee scored immediately, jumped right on Alabama. In my dumb brain, I think it's very important to get first ball in this game and hand the ball off to Chris Rodriguez and just keep Tennessee from jumping out early because it seems every game they hit one of those explosive touchdowns right away. Uh, LSU, heck, they were all over them early too, and it's the other team has been playing catch up. Freddie, am I right? And just tick, tick, tick early, or is, is Kentucky uh, prepared for a shootout? Because that's just what it's going to end up being. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Tennessee in the first quarter has has been scary good. Uh, I mean, got up what 14, 17 something on LSU within six minutes or something of that nature. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, for me, again, I go. I hate to keep going back to it, possessions and all that, but. Here's what Kentucky can't do. Can't have many third and ten plus plays. I mean, Levis was money last week, but it's a little bit different here against Tennessee. So, uh, feel, uh, you know, I think staying ahead of the chains is going to be huge. But I, I'm, I'm not against taking the ball. Uh, and then, you know, wouldn't it be nice to have one of those Kentucky drives where ten, Chris Rodriguez scores from three yards out and you look up and there's eight minutes and 40 seconds left in the first quarter? I mean that that would be ideal, uh, possible. You know we'll, we'll see, but yeah, Kentucky's going to have to figure out a way to keep Hendon Hooker and that offense off the field because I mean with turnover, Tennessee leads the conference you know, plus five turnover margin. I mean it just like Adam said. I mean I agree the the praise is warranted because they have been that good, especially offensively. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think you necessarily need it early, but you're going to need a couple of those seven yeah. minute drives. Just and like at pace of play is going to be huge here. So yeah. um, conflicting styles. Josh Heupel talked about it today. How just the the biggest thing in this game is just how drastic both different both these teams are. Um, and if Kentucky has success on offense, Tennessee's not going to have the ball a lot. They're only going to have nine or so possessions. And so if that happens, can Kentucky get those key stops like Mark Stoops is talking about? And can the offense can they finish drives? Can they finish opportunities? Because Tennessee's shown. They'll give up yards, but you they, they buckle down when they get back yeah. up. And so it's going to be finishing drives. Kentucky can finish drives, get a couple timely stops, and who knows, you get in that fourth quarter, and I talked about this last week. If you get into that fourth quarter close, like there's just going to be a lot of nervous energy in that stadium. They're just, they're just this. Just think of the shoe was on the other foot, right? 
Tennessee was here. We Kentucky's playing Georgia next week. They're undefeated, and it's a close game in the fourth quarter. People are going to be nervous, and it's going to be the same down there. Kentucky has a chance to really uh, stick it to Tennessee here if they can pull this upset. Uh, but but they just got like I can't stress this enough. Just surviving early is just huge in this game. Do not get the doors hang in there early and get get into the second quarter and then go settle in and play football. Survive that early onslaught. And then I think they're going to have a great chance. But that, that first quarter is going to tell us a lot. Where's our faith in, in Will Levis? Last year in this game, he had almost 400 passing yards and five total touchdowns. Um, I did a preseason event with Levis, and he was all fun and smiles. And when I asked a question about Tennessee, he turned red and fuming mad and talked about how that one, you know, most guys want to downplay uh, each game, and it's all day-to-day, game-to-game. He said that one circled on the calendar. He wants his redemption. I know he's going to be fired up. But at Florida this year, even though he got the win, could have been better in that game. Ole Miss, another road game, top 25 opponent. Obviously lots of mistakes there that cost him the game. Do we have faith that this does get into a high-scoring affair, that, that Levis can be the star QB we're talking about and not Hooker? Yes, I think that's a great question, Drew, and and great points about Florida and that Ole Miss. Uh, Levis is going to have to be that guy if Kentucky's going to have a chance. I mean, I, there's no way around that because, uh, you know, Kentucky – there's too many offensive weapons to go back to the uh, you know, the true ground and pound and, and multiple third and eight pluses. So I have faith in Levis and those around him. I think he will play uh, better because of 24 is in the backfield, and he does have that option at least. But uh, this is, you know, the chances are running out. There's a lot of money to be made between the fifth pick and the first pick and the tenth pick and, you know, whatever. So uh, he'll realize that, and I think I think we can trust Will Levis because he was what, a pick six away from winning this game last year. So that, that leaves a bad – trust me on that. I mean, 30 years later – that leaves a bad taste in a quarterback's mouth. Yeah, I think you look just the matchup in general. Tennessee's pass defense—that's the weakness on yeah. their team. Just as they've lost starting corner Warren Burrell, um, they've got a new guy in there, and it's just that's weak. And I think that's why you see Tennessee being so aggressive and just pinning their ears back and going so much. It's because they're they're willing to give up scores because they're wanting games to be shootouts. That's how they want to play. I think for Kentucky, you don't – like, Levis has to play pretty well for them to win this game. There's no yeah. getting around that. But I think there are signs here to think he will. If Kentucky can't protect them, they're going to have opportunities to gain big chunks through their through the pass game. Um, it's just going to be about protecting him. Um, if they're able to protect him decently, I think he's got a chance to really have a big night for him yeah. because this is a good matchup for Kentucky's passing game. Yeah, absolutely, Adam. And, you know, when I was talking about earlier about getting ahead of the chains – with third and eight plus, what that does put your tackles most likely because you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to go away from that heavy jumbo personnel package that you're running the ball with on, on third and eight plus, and then you you leave those tackles somewhat on the island out there. That that gives me a little bit of a concern, Adam. Uh, that that's why I think it's very very important in early downs to have success. I know there's there's first downs that you have to take a shot just to keep the the defense honest. But first downs are going to be critical first to get the second manageable because you don't want to be in pure pass mm-hmm. scenario with this offensive line right now. Not not saying anything bad about the offensive line, 
But that noise down there, that's going to be the loudest place Kentucky's played yet by far. It's going to be different than the roads at Florida, even that's loud. And Ole Miss, it's different in Neyland Stadium. It's louder. So a lot to deal with, communication. So I think staying ahead of the chains and not not letting that defense uh, uh, get any kind of advantage in the pass rush. Yeah. It's been a while since we had a big tight end game. This feels like an opportunity for them, especially Chris Rodriguez is coming off almost two, running for 200 yards. Um, those linebackers are going to get downhill. Got a chance to sneak in the tight ends behind the – front of the safeties and behind the linebackers early that could help soften things and that can make uh, that can slow down the pass rush and it could open some lanes in the running game so the tight end, I look for the tight ends to have a bigger impact Saturday but yeah you're, you're right you don't Kentucky doesn't want to be in third and long you know um, no. Levis can make some plays in third and long but that's not that's where the QB hits pile up that's where negative plays havoc plays turnover worthy plays can happen and that's Kentucky definitely wants to stay out of that Benjamin Foster here from the comment section says he has faith in Levis, but not in the pass blocking. It helps that today we confirm Jeremy Flax will be back at right tackle. And Tavion Robinson is back at wide receiver, giving the offense its uh, full roster there with Rodriguez and Levis also for only the second time all season. Stoop said it's the healthiest they've been in several weeks outside of the Jaquez Jones news, uh, which again, that one's out pretty indefinitely. I mean, we've had to say this the last couple of weeks, but how big is his absence against a team like Tennessee? Uh, big, because he's good in the, against the pass. But, again, if there's a position that could absorb an injury, it's inside linebacker. Derek Jackson, uh, I think this is more, uh, you know, I think uh, Trevor Wallace, because he's good against the pass, he's athletic in space. Uh, I think Kentucky can absorb his loss. It would be great to have him. Don't want to see anybody out, but I, I think they're okay at inside linebacker. It could be also a thing where maybe you only have one linebacker yeah. on the field a lot too. Yeah. There wasn't much else from uh, Stoops' press conference today. First time we had heard from him in a while. He had a brief one last week, being the bye week. It had been a while. Uh, talked about Levis being iced down all week, but he's good to go. Uh, Luckett, you were there th- uh, this afternoon with Stoops. Did anything else really stand out from about that 20-minute conversation? I do appreciate Stoops in the fact that a lot of these coaches on big game, it's all just, no, it's just the next game. It's just this or just that. Like, he does recognize in these games, like, he got asked about it. He's like, well, we better be extra locked in if we're going to play the number three team. And I, Freddie could probably speak to this better than I can. But I, I feel like this bunch is going to be pretty locked in and pumped up to go down here and play this game. Yeah, I would think so, Adam, because you're coming off a bye week. Plus, you're playing the number three team in the country that everybody's talking about that you're a, what, 14-point underdog to. So, if they don't come out with fire against uh, Tennessee on Saturday, then there's something that, you know, I can't can't help you there, you know, because that's – for uh, Lord, I, for a big part of the state, and I know the part of the state I'm from, that's that's the rivalry. There's a lot of Tennessee fans in southeastern Kentucky, and that's you know that's grown since the football game. Now, you really can't call it a rivalry. It's become so one one sided towards Tennessee. You're losing fans, to, you know, to the Orange. So it's a big one for me, my family, and it's a big one for where I grew up and. You know, for all the old old people, Tennessee, that's the big rivalry game for us. So, uh, 
I just want to go down there and see. I, well, I'm not going down there. I just want to see Kentucky go down there and and, and win this game. Uh, that would that would be so much poetic justice <laughs> for years of suffering for Kentucky. Okay, yeah, Kentucky. They got a chance to stick it to them right here. They really do. Table set here. We'll see if they can go do it. But this this is going to be. They got a chance to be an all timer if they can go do it. And so we'll we'll see, but Kentucky's got an awesome defense. They've got an NFL quarterback. They got the best running back in the SEC. They've got the pieces there to the personnel to go do it. And they Brad White's had two weeks and he, an off season to stew about how that Tennessee game ended last year. Uh, so I'm excited to see what they they can build. But there is some things pointing to it like that. You could see it happening, at least to me. Yeah. Wouldn't that just be the absolute worst for them? Yes. Like it's hard to even think. Uh, on the on the KSR morning show last week, Matt compared it to when Kentucky basketball was in the Final Four and had to play Louisville and how Louisville could have ended that dream season. I mean, Tennessee fans right now think they're going to the playoff and little old Kentucky that they pick on every year and just overlook and have all these decades of running jokes against us. We could spoil that for them. I just – that that at, at, if I were in their shoes, I can't think of a worse loss really to take right now. The week after beating Alabama and throwing your goalposts in the river, I mean, I almost feel like this has to happen. And the week but, before, the like the probably the most anticipated game for Tennessee in two decades, right? I mean, Alabama was anticipated, but this is like win this one, and you're you're looking like you're going to win the like probably going to win the East. You're going back to Atlanta, and so but you got it there. You're right, Drew. Here comes little old Kentucky and Mark Stoops and this quarterback that they none of their fans think is any good just coming into town and they're in all that they're gonna rock oh, with we score fifty on Alabama, we're gonna score seventy on Kentucky. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And they, like, it's just a, like to really, Kentucky hasn't had a lot of great moments in this rivalry. You can get this one. It makes, makes some of those losses more forgettable. You can like you've got a chance here to really. Tennessee is on the throne eating grapes, and you got a chance to go up here and hit them in the face with a two by four and knock them off the throne. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like, you just got a, a great chance here. And like Kevin the Bacon saying, it would cause an utter melt. Tony Basilio's or Basilio's show would be utter chaos <laughs> if, if it happened. And we'll see if they can do it. But yeah, the like we we all know how how epic a uh, Kentucky win down mm. there would be for for our uh, viewers and listeners who are lucky enough to not live near the border in Eastern Kentucky or 
or like me, no Tennessee fans who might be your next door neighbor or your father. Uh, if you're lucky enough to not have Tennessee fans in your life, that's unbelievable. Please keep breathing that oxygen. That sounds like a great way to live. But just, I want to let you all know that they have gotten so obnoxious in the last few days. They think they're already in the playoff. They think they already have the SEC championship trophy. They think they've already beat Kentucky by 100. I had to go to my parents' house before this podcast to pick something up, and I think my dad had on a Tennessee jacket over a Tennessee vest, over a Tennessee polo, drinking out of a Tennessee (laughs) cup, and all he wanted to talk about is what they're going to do on Saturday. And he's one example of thousands. I'm sure you all know plenty of people like that too. That Alabama win has made them lose their minds, and they think they're the best thing that ever happened to football. And I just cannot wait for Saturday night when Luckett is by himself at 1 a.m. throwing (laughs) empty Bud Light cans into the river while Tennessee fans are all in bed and what's left of the Kentucky celebration is still going on. Well, their head coach is already up 28 on an in-state FCS team, and he's throwing double passes, running up scores. That's where we are right now. Sometimes Um, the football gods do not look upon that too kindly. And You're so, saying there's some some otherworldly stuff going on here there too. Might, there might be. It might not be this week, but one, that's coming back. That'll come back around. Trust me. Do we think the uh, the twelve and a half or whatever it is now, eleven and a half, thirteen and a half? I've seen it moving. Is is that too high? Obviously, we're confident. We're talking about celebrating ourselves already. But how'd you feel about that line? I thought it was about. I think it's fair. I think when you get Drew, when you get some of these offenses and these teams. Um, we saw with Lamar Jackson, those lines get a little juiced um, because the team, these teams are just scoring ridiculously. So I think it's probably a couple points north than probably what it should be, um, but I think they kind of have to adjust for this offense. So I, I think it, I think that's pretty close to fair. Money lines look a little appetizing. Uh, I saw anywhere from up to even plus four hundred on that one if you could find that. But I really just brought that up to tell you that we're not allowed to gamble in Kentucky, so none of that matters. What matters is prize picks. And on prize picks, you can pick an individual player and decide how they're going to do against prize, pick, prize picks projections. Struggle with that one every time. You can try it out by getting the prize picks app and entering promo code KSR at sign up, and they will give you an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Say you think Will Levis is going to have 400 yards and five touchdowns again. Get the prize picks app. Take Will Levis to go over those projections and then watch him maul through Tennessee's defense. You can do that with Prize Picks, our sponsor here on the KSR Football Podcast. Freddie Maggard, you mentioned you're not going to Knoxville. I am no. not either, so we will miss that celebration. Maybe you and I will get together after the game. Yeah. How, are you, how do you feel about getting some Kirk Herbstreet on the call? That's, that's pretty yeah. unique for a Kentucky football fan. I like that. Herbie's, you know, I, I love listening to him, watching him. I think he's the best in the business. Uh, just a, just a great crew, Holly Rowe on the sideline. So uh, it feels like a big game. Uh, it should be, feel like a big game, and it's a you know it, it's a rivalry game. And uh, I like the fact that Kentucky's getting the A plus crew, and uh, it'll make the game much more enjoyable to watch and listen to if you don't listen to Tom Leach on the, in the bathroom like I do from time to time. So, uh, but yeah, it's it, 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 I think it, having Herbie there. And him around and that crew, you can feel that in the facility. It feels different when that happens. I'm excited not just because they're good at their jobs. Obviously, they're the best crew. But uh, Herb Street, he's, he's been giving Kentucky love since way back, even before it was cool to speak highly of Kentucky. You can go back five or six years, and he was saying good things about Mark Stoops on the big stage. 
So we can expect a few hours of that uh, Saturday night also. Yeah, I think it's also third time Kentucky's played in a big game <coughs> here on ESPN. Florida game, 7 o'clock at night. Ole Miss week, it was that big game lit from game day leading into it, and now you're getting the A crew. Um, we haven't had a CBS game yet, but Kentucky's played on three big stages here. So yeah. this has been, I think, from a PR standpoint, a big step forward for the program. I mean, if you could, again, if you could go down there and pull a win here, it has a chance to be kind of a program-elevating moment. Um, so just, again, it, I just think this is a this is a great opportunity for Kentucky. Like, this is, you win this, and not, like, no matter what happens the rest of the season, it's kind of gravy. Like, you go down here and win this game, then it's a great season. So they got, they've got a great chance here um, to go do something special, and I can't wait to see how they go down there, how they play, how they, how it all shakes out. Um, but again, I, I like I've talked about it last week and a half. It seems like now this is just an out, like this is an awesome opportunity for Kentucky football, and, and what and they have what we think is a pretty good team. So let's see what they can do with this opportunity. I want to take a moment to tell Murphy's Burrow to shut up. Um, <laughs> he or she said there'll be no celebration for Kentucky. LOL. Uh, Danny Guillotine. It's a heck of a last name there, Danny. He says, Tennessee fans shove history in our face and beat Alabama and act like they didn't lose 15 in a row. It would be poetic justice if we won. James Shuley with the imagine the go big blue chance in the stadium because we all be, let's be honest, we all know blue gets in. How much blue do we think will get in? I thought the Ole Miss crowd was about as cool as I've ever seen. I don't get yeah. to go to many away games. But it's hard to touch that one, you know, having to wait 14 years. Will we get a good turnout in Knoxville? That Ole Miss was the best I've ever seen at a road game, Kentucky fan-wise. Um, this is usually more one of the more popular road games for Kentucky fans, but Tennessee's at a fever pitch right now. This game's been sold out for a while, and tickets on the secondary market are outrageous right now. So I, I'm not really sure what, what we'll see there. Yeah, I think uh, that you know this is geographical rivalry here. You're going to see a lot right. of people from Bell County, Harlan County, you know, down that way, Whitley County, Laurel County. It's just short. It's it's quicker to get to Knoxville than it is to Lexington for for a lot of folks. So I think you're going to see a lot of uh, people from the southeastern portion of the state there. Uh, this is a lot of a lot of times. This is a family trip. This, you make this. You, you know, you plan for this for a couple of years and you make make the trip. So. I think blue will definitely get in, and uh, it will be fun if they were they were celebrating towards the end. And 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 I'm just imagining if Kentucky does beat Tennessee, the celebration that Vince Merrill would have, Drew. <laughs> um, yeah, Vince, Stoops, Vince Stoops will be tweeting celebration. He will be tweeting at Tennessee fans all night long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thomas Taylor here says he'll be making the trip. Thomas, I hope all you right, have a wonderful time. Special shout-out to Will Crawl for throwing us $5. Says it's a great show. Thanks, Will. show gets even better when we get Nick Roush back next week from uh, from Baby Frank when uh, Nick gets recommitted to the season here. Uh, Thomas says, five-hour drive. He'll be leaving Friday night. Uh, we learned today, for anyone making the long drive to Missouri, we have a nooner for that one the, the following week after Kentucky beats Tennessee. 11 a.m. local. Good old 11 a.m. local. You doing that one, Lucky? You doing the old Tennessee Mizzou back to back? I'm doing. I am. Pray for me. Uh, 
Yeah, that's gonna be a think of that. Think about that uh, atmosphere shell shock. I'm gonna go through, Freddie. I'm gonna go down to Tennessee. Yeah. It's gonna be one of the best atmospheres in college football, and then I'm gonna go up to Missouri, and there's gonna be thirty thousand people there. If maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. And early in the morning, and it's just yeah. You know, I've I've seen Missouri had did upgrade their facility, so I'm not bashing them whatsoever. Hold on, did but, they get rid of the petting zoo? Uh, yeah, I think they got rid of the petting oh, zoo. No. But that that is. Uh, from the times I've been there, it's not exactly the most electric crowd uh, in the SEC. Uh, so, Adam, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't think you could go more 180 than you're doing from Knoxville to Columbia. I've asked around, and I've heard dead as a doornail. I've heard yeah. we wanted to leave in the third quarter. Yes. I've heard uh, do not expect much. No. Um, so, yeah, I'm not – my first trip to Como, I'm not expecting a whole heck of a lot yeah. there. Yeah, enjoy that ride from uh, what St. Louis to yeah. Columbia. Oh. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. It feels like <laughs> there's you're on one a boot store. Treadmill. That's it. You're on a, yeah, you're on a treadmill. You're not moving. It's just the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Freddie said, I, that was what I was gonna add. You this see is a boot store. store, and that's the only thing for hundreds of miles. You know, Adam, I, I do have something that is 180 from Knoxville to Columbia for atmosphere. I 75 South. If you're going from Lexington, you got to take that god awful road. I pray for you. But 64 East, Drew, is my new favorite interstate in the world from Lexington to Ashland. I'll give you a couple reasons. Okay, let's hear about it. Smooth. It's straight shot, right? But there are exits if you need to get off. It's not like other rough roads. But the thing I love about it is for for older gentlemen like myself, the, the rest areas, there's three rest areas between Lexington and Ashland, I think, two or three perfectly placed to give yourself a chance to have a coffee, take a potty break, have a little bit more coffee, another potty break, and then get on with your trip. So I-64 East from Lexington to Ashland is my new favorite interstate, and I-75 South, I hate your guts. Where is Raceland? Where did it move up the Freddie Maggard retirement power rankings? Well, I, I – <clears throat> It's getting a little colder, so I want I want something warm. So, <laughs> past Christian Mississippi is number one. Number yeah. two is Mayfield. Three is Raceland. We're glad you had a good time there. Yeah, uh, I hate. Yeah, I hate. Yeah, I, I think the fact. Well, you know, Raceland's right there at the Ohio River. Mayfield, you got the the lakes there. So, you know, I don't know. I, I have to think that. But I did. I really enjoyed Raceland. You guys, you need to start traveling with me. I think you'd really enjoy some of these unique communities in that in, in that tour. It's really, it's really cool. I do have one recommendation for uh, Luckett, not looking too far ahead, but on that Missouri drive. In some Ugh. odd way, I've been to the Mount Vernon, Illinois Taco Bell like three or four <laughs> times right off the highway. It's unbelievable. I mean, the service, it's fresh. I feel like they do double the filling on everything, which used to get me in trouble when I worked at Taco John's. I know uh, not an ideal uh, stop for a trip across Missouri, but if you need anything around Mer- Vernon, Illinois, that is a top three Taco Bell in the country. When I think SEC road trips, I think lunch at Taco Bell. So I might have to, I might have to visit Mount Vernon. It, it will Taco not Bell. disappoint. True. The God's honest truth. I've eaten at that same Taco Bell at least twice. It's, which, it's good. What y'all yeah. go to Taco Bell? If you're going to Taco Bell, what do you get? Man, I look for whatever I can surround software crunch. Yeah. You know, that that's big. On, that's big. But for me, it's always been Nachos Bel Grande and will always be. I stick with my 
all-time favorite. I've never liked the cinnamon things though. For some reason. I like how that graphic popped up like he knew we were going to talk about this. That was that was quick though. <laughs> were you all prepared to talk Taco Bell orders? I, I'm glad. They knew you I were got, on, Drew. On brand. Well, with your, with your uh, soft crunch that you're looking for, yeah. I really recommend the cheesy gordita crunch. It's on my yeah. rotation with the chicken quesadilla and uh, maybe beefy five-layer five burrito. Mount Vernon, though. Luck it. Check it out. Yeah, you'll have to because if you don't, you're not going to stop for a while. I'm with Freddie there. Nacho Bell Grande. But Crunchwrap Supreme is also in the rotation. Yeah. And then after that, like chicken quesadilla was right there with a couple other things. But yeah, yeah Nacho Bell Grande is the goat. Yeah, sure. Mount Vernon, especially Adam, on your way back because that's kind of the last thing before you hit Louisville kind of deal, okay. you know. So, yeah. Yeah, that's Carter right, Carter. Here. Carter with the official yearbook photo says Long John's Love ready. Love it. Thank you, Carter. Are we going to get to get you some long johns before the game again? Kentucky's 1 and 0. I don't know. I don't know. Do I bring my piece of coal with me to the pregame show? Or is that two weeks in a row makes it not special? You know, I don't know. I'm confused there. What if I bring the die, not the dice, as everybody's corrected me, the piece of the one dice and no coal? We'll start a new tradition. Uh, Tennessee may be starting a new tradition. Have you all heard these rumors about all black and orange? Is this a thing? Is, is yeah, I've heard. Uh, they call it like their night mode jerseys. Oh no, that's I think that that's the. But what if you know how these? You know how the uh, the alternate jersey jinx goes. Maybe this can go in Kentucky's favor here. So, have we seen a, a rendering or any sneak peeks? Is it like that? Uh, John John B here says black helmet, orange lettering. That sounds like something I've never seen Tennessee wear before. Have we reached the – we're the gimmick stage in the Tennessee rivalry. Uh, I'm here for that now, too, if we are. I, I don't also, know. It's also Halloween weekend. You all got your costumes ready? Yes. Freddie, I feel like you've probably had a good Halloween costume in, in the past. Young Freddie Maggard used to be a Halloween costume with your denim jacket and rolled up uh, cigarettes yeah. in the sleeve and your yeah. breakdancing cardboard. Yeah. Uh, have you had any nice Halloween costumes in recent memory you can brag about? Not, I went as a, a, a Donald Draper one year from Mad Men. So I was pretty cool that year. Yeah. Look, and I feel like Halloween just interferes with you watching more football. <laughs> um, no, we'll take, we're taking Baker out this year, but I get all the candy, so I'm pretty stoked about nice. that. Nice. Back, I don't. I don't think to, I'll be drinking up, but or dressing up. I'll be maybe drinking a little bit, but I'll, I'll get the I'll get the candy this year before he can start eating it. So pretty sad, excited about that. Have you all? Do you all have any like uh, Knoxville recommendations for guys like Thomas and our other commenters here are going? I've yeah. I've been to a game, but I don't remember tailgating or having fun. I think I just ducked my head and got in and got yeah. the hell out. First suggestion would be uh, head south and go to Chattanooga, <laughs> <laughs> and then. <laughs> What was the other question? Yeah, no, just recommendations. Oh. So you're saying if you're going to go to the game on Saturday, before the game, you should start off by going south to Chattanooga? Yeah, yeah. You'd have much but, more better you know, time. Rock, see Rock City and then go yeah. to the ball game. Yeah. Uh, Knoxville, uh, there's a place, was it Calhoun's on the river? Is that? That's, yeah, that's that big sounds popular right. Spot. Yeah, other than that, I, I think the old city is, is kind of nice now. Uh, they fixed that up. It's kind of a, a go-to place in Knoxville. But other than that, I'm not very very, very sure. Yeah, I've only been once, and it was 2008. 
for a game. So, and we just ate a beat up. So, uh, not the one to ask there. Uh, this will be like my, my first time, like really kind of experiencing everything, especially for a big game down there. Hopefully, Kentucky fans find each other, get in there, and make some loud noise. Uh, we talked a little bit of football earlier. We've got about 10 or 15 minutes so left. Seems like we're all feeling pretty confident. We talked about the importance of getting Chris Rodriguez going. This, this will now be the third game where we've seen him and Levis together. They lost at Ole Miss, but, I mean, they, they were really moving the ball uh, against them. It was just the, the turnovers and mistakes, self-inflicted stuff that cost them. What do we see out of Chris Rodriguez this week? He has absolutely smashed – his gambling line in the last two weeks doubled it up. Uh, we getting a hundred yards. This is a game we can rely on him against that Tennessee defense. Is the line out? Is that prop out yet? I haven't seen a prop bet. Our friends at Prize Picks will have one up soon. I think it's a little early in the week before they put those out. Let's let's just say, does he get a hundred yard gain? Game. Yeah. Tennessee's only given up 90, 90 a game. I mean, that's second in the league. So uh, over under a hundred is that what we're doing? I'm giving uh, him 25 carries, maybe more. How many yards is Chris Rodriguez getting? 119. Yeah, that sounds right. If he's got, if he gets 25 carries, I think Kentucky's in pretty good shape. A lot of it's going to be how, how long are they able to stay? If they're keeping, able, if they're able to stick with the run throughout, I think some good things are likely happening uh, for the road team. And so, yeah. I'd, like Freddie said, this run defense has been pretty good, um, but can can Kentucky make them defend the run for all four quarters? Right? Can they hang in there and make them stop the run throughout? Um, and we know what Chris Rodriguez he gets better as the game goes on, right? And so you could see him maybe slow start, but may finish strong. So if he gets over a hundred yards, I think they should feel pretty good. If he gets over twenty carries, I feel pretty comfortable that he's going to get push uh, for a hundred plus. I like Morgan Harlan. First said 123 yards, two TDs, then left another comment to say maybe three TDs, just to clear that up. I'm liking the optimism. I've gotten optimism out of you all in the game, in Levis, Rodriguez. I'm going to have you all talk in Kentucky winning by 30 before this is over. Another big aspect we said a little bit earlier about was turnovers. Obviously, Ole Miss, my goodness, turnovers were a huge problem. Uh, it's been a little better since. Will Kentucky win the turnover battle against Tennessee? Will they? No. Tennessee plus five for the season. Kentucky, what, minus four? Just not a lot of turnovers in that Tennessee offense unless things are different against Kentucky. And then and the Cats really aren't turning the football over on the other side. So, um, be hard. To me, Freddie, this kind of comes down to fumbles for Tennessee. Yeah. Because Hooker's not he, yeah. putting it places. But he has over 30 career fumbles in his career. He fumbled last year in this game. Um, and then if you can maybe get a fumble from another player too, that's where Kentucky is probably going to have to get their takeaways. For me, the biggest aspect though, Florida, right? Give Florida nine points. Give them a short field touchdown. Give them a safety. You give Ole Miss two points for the safety. You give South Carolina seven points on the botched gadget play. You give Mississippi State seven points on a pick six. You can't give Tennessee any points. They're scoring enough points. You can't give them any points. That is right. the key to me. You you can't give them points. You've got to earn their scores. Um, if they can do that, I think Kentucky's got a good chance. But last year, and then like a lot of it's impact the turnovers. Last year, Kentucky and Tennessee played the a draw in the turnover, but Tennessee had to pick six. 
And that was the game. That was kind of the game changer there. And so for Kentucky, can they get the? I don't. It's probably going to be hard for them to win the big one, like Freddie said. But can they get the seismic turnover? Can they get a turnover when Tennessee's backed up and create a short field? Um, that that is probably that is what you need to be looking for. Can they get a game changing type turnover? Going back to the well, I think I clicked the right one. Bill here asks about Levis staying in the pocket and preventing him from injury. Think they'll get him out and let him move, or is he going to be in there tiptoeing around again? where that became an issue at Ole Miss and created some turnovers for them. I'd like to see him move the pocket a little bit. I think he's natural in that throwing motion. Uh, get, the, get the football out of his hand quicker. You know, get it out quick, get it out to the receivers, and let them make plays for you because Kentucky does have some pass catchers that can – yards after catch, right? They can yak it up. So uh, I like how Will handled the pocket better against Mississippi State than any other game. I thought he played uh, cleaner as far as his mechanics in the pocket. He didn't rush really too many like he did before. So it's going to depend on how the tackles, how the edge can, or how through scheme with tight ends and and fullbacks, whatever, how are you going to block the edge. If Kentucky can give Will a clean pocket, I really – I agree with Adam. I like this pass game for the Cats against the Vols because the numbers say Kentucky's going to have a huge day. We talked about what will happen if Kentucky wins and just absolutely destroy their dreams and will drink their tears and party in their city. <laughs> what will it mean for Kentucky? It doesn't undo losing to South Carolina. It obviously help a little bit, especially just looking at the record and bowl projections. But can we kind of forget that? Is this big enough you can completely forget that? Do you start even dreaming big dreams again? Or what, If Kentucky is able to pull this up, how do you see this – Carrying out five games left on the schedule, four it, or beyond if they were to win. It makes it very easy to just throw the South Carolina game away. You didn't have Levis. You know, make I it'd be hard for me for this season not to be a great success if you have this win. Like um, and if you want to talk about it, 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 cr- it cracks the door open. You still need help, but it keeps the kind of division title hopes alive. But for me, it's just it Gives Mark, it would be one of Mark Stoops' biggest wins. You could argue it would be his biggest win of his tenure if he was able to go down and get it. Um, and like It's a program kind of, I think it could help elevate them. We talked about the, the windows they played in this year. They played in some big-time games with eyeballs. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs here. To come, and they want to come to watch Tennessee in this offense. And if Kentucky could go down there and win, it's just a chance for them to really continue their rise and their climb up the ladder in the SEC. Freddie, what would it be like in your home area where it's a little more divided than it should be on this side of the river? A <laughs> lot, lot of smack talk on, on the church pews on Sunday morning. One way or the other, so it's going to happen. How do, I mean, obviously it's being, being close to the border, but how do you all let so many uh, Tennessee fans still stay on this side? It's, you know, it's unacceptable to have this many around. You know, it really wasn't that lopsided until I got to U.K., then it started getting bad for U.K. And uh, – you know, I'm, I'm serious. There, there's a lot of new Tennessee fans. Uh, and, and when I say new, that happened with the former and, and you know, that those years when Kentucky wasn't very good, Tennessee was, and all that. There was a lot of, a lot of U.K. converts that went to the orange side. And uh, uh, it's a lot of fun. Church, church would be fun. Uh, and, and in addition to the sermon and the giving and, and everything else, uh, the, the smack talk is going to be fun one way or the other. Mitch and Fulmer, you all are kind of buddies, right? That's right. That's right. Yes. Uh, uh, he's a great guy to me. Uh, he's always been good to me, and he's, tra- he's treated me great. And uh, I have a lot of respect for the man. I love the guy. He's always 
done so much for others that know that he absolutely said nobody wants, you know, just helping with the fires in Gatlinburg and things like that. I've seen him uh, just give back to that community, that state. Yep, I, I do like Phil Former, and, and you all probably don't like me for that. And I'm sorry. That's all right. I was at his last game. It was weird. That was the one I was talking about earlier. Everybody I was there. Crying. I was there. Yeah, that was the game I was at. The only game oh, I went to. We should have found each other. <laughs> well, since you're being so uh, polite to Fulmer, before we go, uh, let's all say one nice thing about Tennessee. Freddie, that one doesn't count. Okay. Um, maybe it's just a, a favorite player that you didn't admit you want to like. You know, there's been some Titans, maybe a little Albert Hainsworth. You yeah. guys in the NFL that I've forgiven them for being a vol. Jason Witten has caught me in a moment of weakness before. Peyton Manning I've laughed at a few times. Anything you can say positive about Tennessee or any of its alums? <laughs> it's up to you to define passion, but that is a passionate fan base. And for good or bad, you have to credit the loyalty that they have to their to their team and their school. So I would give it the, I would give that as a compliment. That was very kind. I'll make sure that message gets back to them. Rocket, <laughs> anything from you? They hired Butch Jones and that was entertaining for a lot of people. It was also very kind. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> you know, Freddie brings up church and Phil Fulmer and we're all being nice. <laughs> well, I'm not going to participate in that exercise because I hate them and I hate everything about them. I want them to lose every game, and I want them to lose Saturday by 50. I want them crying as Luckett steps over them outside on his way to party. I want them choking on their own dip spit and all the bad things that could happen. I want them to lose out the rest of the year to all starting because Kentucky won. Guys, it's been fun chatting about that game with you early in the week. We have all week to count down to it as we hate Tennessee for a few more days before it kicks off. But for now, we thank everyone for playing along and watching, submitting comments, and hating Tennessee with us. We hate Justice Dental, who can't open an Knoxville office because there's no saving the teeth down there. And we thank Prize Picks, where every Kentucky player will hit their over in Knoxville. This has been the KSR Football Podcast. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.